helping you take control of your fitness, nutrition, and mindset. This is the KCLR Power Hour with Natalie Lennon. Hello everybody and welcome back. You are listening to The Power Hour on Casey Lord. This is Natalie Lennon with you until 7pm chatting through all things fitness, nutrition, mindset and well-being. I hope you've all been enjoying the beautiful, long, bright evenings since we last spoke. I feel like everyone's mood is improving alongside the weather. It's fantastic. A reminder of what The Power Hour here on Casey Lord is all about and that is giving you the tools and inspiration to take control of your health inside and out. It's about giving you the power to maximize the quality of your life. If you want to get in touch during the show with any questions or thoughts, I would love, love, love to hear from you. So please do drop me a message or a WhatsApp on our dinnersready.ie text line 083 306 9696. Or of course, reach out to me on my Instagram at Natalie Lennon underscore. I'm always happy to help if I can or take your questions on board for our weekly Q&A. So coming up on this week's Power Hour, we're going to compare two polar opposite forms of movement today. On our Q&A, we're going to answer the question about how to know if you may need more protein in your diet and give you all the tips and tricks as to how you can sneakily get more veg and colour into your diet. We're going to talk to an expert physiotherapist and strength and conditioning coach about high intensity interval training. On the flip side then, we'll be talking all things yoga and the benefits of this much slower form of movement and as per usual we'll be switching it up with our fitness funny this week busting some myths about fish and migraines and leaving you with your challenge for the week but don't go anywhere we're gonna go to a quick ad break first Hello and welcome back. So on this week's Q&A, our first question that came in is one that I get quite often and that's how do I know if I'm getting enough protein? Now it's a really good question because protein is given a lot of hype in the wellness world and in the fitness industry but please know that protein deficiency it's really not common at all in the developed world guys. It's very rare. So if you're getting enough calories in your diet and it's relatively balanced, you are more than likely meeting the minimal required levels of protein to prevent a deficiency. However, we want to maximize our health here on the Power Hour, so we'd like to go a little bit above the bare bare minimum for most. It's a really, really important macronutrient for everyone at all ages. Protein is not just for bodybuilders, although that's something that we all may be led to believe. It's so important to support the likes of your ligaments, your skin, hair and nails, your healthy cartilage. It contributes to the making of enzymes and hormones. It's very, very important. So... When we go into the technicalities, and listen closely because it's not as technical as it sounds, the recommended amount for the general population of protein intake is 0.75 grams per kilo of body weight. But if you exercise regularly, which I think the lady who asked this question might do, it's advised that you consume a little bit more, so roughly 1.4 to 2 grams per kilo of body weight. Now, this should be consumed in around a 20 to 40 grams portion per meal spaced regularly throughout the day. But we don't want to ask you to go and weigh your foods and figure out exactly how much protein is in exactly every meal. So to kind of make things a little bit less complicated, what I would ask you to do is aim for a palm size portion of protein at meal times and that should do the trick. That should roughly be 20 to 40 grams around that figure of protein in your meal. So for example, a chicken breast, a 
palm portion size of turkey mince, perhaps a fish fillet, two eggs, which I had as my snack on the way down here. Two hard boiled eggs is a really, really good snack too. Or a half a block of tofu. Then for snacks that you have between your meals, try keep in mind that protein is going to be important to get into them in some shape or form. So maybe Greek yogurt, a protein shake, nuts and seeds, they're all great sources. So just remember if you exercise a lot, you may need to be looking to get in a little bit more protein every mealtime, 20 to 40 grams. That as a palm size should do the trick. And then moving on to our second question for this week's Q&A. With, uh, yeah, it was a guy I think that wrote to me looking for tips as how he could get more veg and fruit into his diet because he's just so busy and his work schedule is so hectic he finds it quite difficult to get in fresh veg and fruit. And often I found this to be the case with a lot of my clients in the past. Between hectic work shifts and looking after your family it can be really hard to, to eat the rainbow per se. And we're all the same. I'm human, the same happens to me. But remember, when we use the term five a day now I would aim for seven to ten I'm not going to lie I think there's no harm in aiming for more but this applies to yes fresh vegetables and fruit but also canned frozen and dried fruit so don't forget that and beans and pulses they also count as a portion if you have enough of them so if anything it's just about being more aware often it's a non-negotiable part of your meal planning to have your two slices of bread to make the sandwich or your eggs for your eggs on toast look at your vegetables as being a non-negotiable as well you know you can't have your spaghetti bolognese without the spaghetti but just make vegetables a non-negotiable the keywords i'm putting out there again we've said this before no matter how busy you are surely you can find 15 minutes on a sunday and a wednesday to plan your meals for the day to follow maybe instead of just noting down eggs and toast you'll make an effort to write down eggs toast grilled tomato mushroom and wilted spinach for example it's the few minutes of extra preparation time when you plan your meals for a few days that will make the difference and remember to keep an eye out for frozen veg maybe vegetable soup that's also a great way maybe for your snacks you can have some carrot sticks and hummus sometimes or your dried fruit just be more aware and it's not just about getting in the portions but the variety. We want you to eat the rainbow in many different forms. Okay, so that is my Q&A for this week on the Power Hour here on KCLR. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, this week we're comparing two polar opposite forms of movement, one of which I used to have a very, very fond liking for, and that was high-intensity interval training. So here is an interview with a physiotherapist all about high-intensity interval training. Now, I'm joined here again by physiotherapist Gary Nolan from Carlo, who is a wealth of knowledge with a bachelor's in sports rehabilitation and athletic therapy, a master's in physiotherapy, and he is a certified strength and conditioning coach. Welcome back, Gary. How are you today? Hello, Natalie. Nice to join you. How are you? I'm good. I'm thrilled to have you back on the show. So on today's Power Hour, we want to dive into high intensity interval training, otherwise known as hit with you. So as a personal trainer, I know a good deal about this type of training. It used to be my favorite form, as I know you know, because mm-hmm. you coach me quite often. I've coach you out, but in some you, cases. Yes, yeah. you do. I was addicted to hit training. So can you explain it to us, Gary, and maybe maybe the differing physiological effects of training hit compared to like low intensity steady state? Well, I suppose the, the primar- primary difference is like one form is more intense than the other. Um, in terms of like physiologically then so slow steady state exercise we kind of call it aerobic state exercise which means with oxygen so we use oxygen to supply 
the main energy source for that type of exercise and we burn loads of different types of fuel because of that then but i suppose when we move into the physiologic effect of hit we move some more so towards like the anaerobic energy system okay. where we don't burn any oxygen we burn all byproducts like glycogen which then turns into like lactic acid and that's why it feels like you know it burns that's yeah. where we get the burn from but there are the primary differences is so one is harder probably feels harder yeah. whereas one is feels a lot easier and is more applicable we can do it for longer periods of time as well brilliant so saying that hit kind of burns different fuels in the body yeah. it forms lactate acid what other benefits are there then to that rather than just burning oxygen if you're doing a lower intensity form of exercise for a longer period of time yeah well i suppose lower intensity exercise probably takes a lot longer to get the same sort of physiological demand so we can get probably a lot fitter people can get fitter from doing hit and um, mm-hmm. suppose hit might suit some people who are like for hit if you get me so yeah. not everyone is for hit slow steady state suits some people to get fitter um, and hit suits others but hit is a lot harder and then i suppose the byproduct of that we get a higher heart rate we get increased demand for oxygen and then we get fitter yeah, yeah yeah so when it comes to hit training i think do you know everyone always thinks you have to sweat really hard to have a good workout yeah and that's where it is really important to say here that it's not always the case like low intensity longer steady state sessions have so many benefits too and they're less mm-hmm. stress on the body yeah because the one thing with high intensity interval training is it is a form of stress to the body and i know we said this on the show before but whether it's a form of stress just from doing high intensity exercise or it's you being stressed because you're running away from a bear your body doesn't know the difference that's mm-hmm. where i think it's important we let the listeners know you shouldn't do hit all day every day no. or every single day one to the next because it is more stressful no yeah. and that's probably it comes takes in like the idea of longevity so what's better long term so probably slow steady state is a thing we can do long term which means walking slow cycles slow jogs all that kind of thing where your heart rate is low probably down below like 60 percent of your your max in yeah. around there somewhere and then then if we push into hit, so I suppose the thing with hit is that it's harder, it places more demand, stressors on the body, but it also gives that endorphin rush, so it's pretty addictive. Yes. So it's important to remember, although it feels really good all the time, that it might not be the best thing for you all the time. And this is where, you know, I've spoken on the Power Hour before about my addiction to training years ago, and yeah. that was exactly why I got addicted to that endorphin hit. Yeah. But it's really important that we realise what is actually good for our body and not just what feels good sometimes. Absolutely. When it comes to... um. The metabolic rate after training at high mm-hmm. intensity yeah. and when we say high intensity also if you're going to do high intensity training i think there's probably a lot of people out there thinking they're doing high intensity intervals because what we do is you know you might do a 30 second period of an exercise and a 30 second rest period and you do this for maybe 10 mm-hmm. to 30 minutes max for a hit session yeah your heart rate does need to go above a certain level yeah would you say above 70 percent? probably 70 80 percent and upwards of I your max say, of yeah your max yeah so from anyone using wearables just so you know it probably tell you when you're in a high zone yeah but like your max heart rate is 220 minus your age is that correct yeah roughly yeah, yeah well it's just... not an exact science but that's the best way for somebody at home yeah. to kind of calculate it for themselves yeah perfect okay and then when you're doing hit training so it's said that if you manage to push your heart rate up this high and you do it properly your metabolic rate stays higher in the period after the session when you finished so there's this afterburn effect where you are presumably burning more calories in the period after a hit session in comparison to a low intensity session just how effective is this afterburn effect 
Well, it can be effective. It's really effective. I suppose people probably think that if they're doing a hit exercise class or on their own, for instance, that they think, oh, 10, 15 minutes. But that's not long enough. Mm. But the thing is, it can be because you drive your heart rate to a certain zone, then they would get that afterburn, as you call it. So it's an elevated post-oxygen consumption. So where our body demands oxygen, demands all these nutrient things to recover afterwards, which then place the demand on our metabolic system then, which okay. further burns calories. Okay. So, you know, you don't, I suppose that's what you're getting at. And what I'm getting at is, like you don't need to do it for an extended period of time. Like short bursts of heat will work because we do get that elevated yeah. post-oxygen consumption as well. Yeah, and yeah. this is why it sounds so appealing to everyone because we're like, well, it's a shorter period of time I have to train, 15 minutes, and I get more bang for my buck pretty yeah. much instead of doing 45 minutes of a walk. But we do need to remember it's important to have all types of movement in your routine. So mm-hmm. when it comes to HIIT training, Gary, is there specific exercises which you think are more beneficial to add to HIIT workouts? like the bike maybe all body weight should we be adding in extra resistance maybe sprinting what is your favorite way to piece together hit work it well i suppose the, it's very dependent on the person and level of ability as well so you don't have to put certain things in a hit class because you see all these influences now from social media and everything people are designing hit classes and really those really influencers huh yeah <laughs> people huh you gotta get rid of those eh? <laughs> i know but you know you see all these people like really really fit people doing hit classes yeah and then we try and replicate that at home but you might not be suitable for jumping high like level plyometrics consistent plyometrics so it might suit you better to do maybe a bike in your session or throw in a roar or a ski org if you're in a gym one of these types of pieces of equipment mm-hmm. and it might suit you to go body weight so squatting lunging all them kind of things or sometimes people might need weight you might need to add weight so it's very dependent on the person yeah. but i suppose if you find someone like a good trainer or a good gym instructor to help you kind of piece together one it's probably a good place to start yeah that's uh, always the key and it's what we always keep coming back to here on the power hour that if you're doing something new getting that professional advice is key because when I started off doing exercise in general I was fine to do plyometrics all the jumps all the burpees but the injuries that I've come across since along my journey now I'm not so I've had to alter that thanks to your expert guidance (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that I would would you say that um, it's possible to build muscle doing HIIT training because that's obviously a goal for a lot of girls and guys out there at the minute Mm -hmm. but it is such a short period of time would you say that it is doable it's doable to an extent. It's probably not the most ideal form of exercise for muscle building. Okay. Like in terms of muscle maintenance and body composition, it's really, really good. Yeah. Um, but I suppose it's not the most ideal for building muscle, even though like any form of exercise, good exercise under resistance will build a certain level of muscle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it can happen. It yeah. may happen, but it's more so ideal for improving maybe cardiovascular fitness yeah, and muscle yeah. retention. You'd yeah, say. exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, so like you were saying, HIT is known for its ability to improve oxygen consumption Mm -hmm. this is like one of the main benefits that you read if you google what high intensity interval training is good for and improving oxygen consumption so this basically translates to our muscles ability to use oxygen yeah but can you break this down for us because it still sounds a little bit scientific why should we be looking to improve our muscles ability to use oxygen what does it do for us well i suppose it's a matter of getting fitter i suppose so the more the the better we use oxygen the fitter we will be i suppose so it's about going back to that aerobic anaerobic system as well so if we can manage to increase our ability to deal with stressors so we'll have a lower heart rate doing similar things that used to give us a high one then we'll have be more yes. efficient at burning oxygen throughout that lower state exercise uh, okay. whereas when we drive into the higher heart rates we stop utilizing oxygen for energy sources so if we can d- increase our ability to, to, use have a, to use others and then have a lower heart rate 
throughout then our hit classes then we'll continue to burn oxygen and then we'll be able to use it more valuably brilliant yeah. that's a that's a really really good way of explaining it so yeah. tapping into your anaerobic system yeah. more doing yeah. high intensity interval training yeah that's what could help you become less breathless say walking exactly. up the extra flight of stairs yeah. yeah whereas if you're constantly exercising just doing low intensity walks mm -hmm. that yeah. stairs is never going to get any yeah easier. we're constantly going to be doing that aerobic slow steady state exercise and that will help as well you know that is very very good for helping utilize oxygen as a main primary source but if we can manage to drive our heart rate a little bit higher and then increase demand for other fuel sources as well and get good in that burny zone, that yeah. area where we feel that like lactic building all the muscles, <coughs> that endorphin. heart rate increases, all those kind of things, the breathing gets heavier, then that gets easier over time and then we manage to be able to burn oxygen for longer periods of time through other exercises. Brilliant. Well. Yeah, yeah, that's a really, really good way of explaining it. Thank you. When it comes to HIT, is it for everyone? Because we have a range of listeners here on the Power Hour, all ages. Is high intensity interval training for everyone? Yeah, well, firstly, I suppose the best thing to do for anyone before they engage in HIT, particularly as we talked about, like your heart rate getting really high and towards max, whatever, yeah. is definitely consult your doctor and see is it for you driving your heart rate that high? So different conditions might be for them. But HIT can be for everyone if it's managed well. Um, so because the main risk with HIT is the type of exercise selection in my opinion um, and there's a huge orthopedic cost to people doing jumps lifting heavy yeah. weights for sustained period of times or whatever so as long as it's safe and slow steady built uh, progressively then it can be safe for everyone yeah. okay yeah. good to know and have you any tips as to how someone can create their own HIT workout at home with regards to say the timings the breakdowns if they're just beginning yeah well recommend? I suppose the main thing when you're just beginning is take it easy in the beginning so you don't have to go 30 seconds on 30 seconds off so hit workout can be structured in many different ways time wise so you can go for five seconds full blast first with 55 seconds rest build into 10 seconds hard work 15 seconds hard work 20 seconds hard work etc and on the second thing i would say is in terms of building one structure wise with terms of exercise and whatever do consult somebody at your local gym or a yeah. personal trainer or do you find them online at your local gym or something because then they will give you the best advice for what you should be doing and then I'll give you a better chance of being successful at that I with suppose. injury yeah. prevention injury then prevention. as well yeah because yeah. I suppose the huge demand as you said the word stressor is really important like HIT is an extremely stressful type of exercise but if you have the correct exercise selection that won't place too much of a demand on your yeah. body then you'll be able to withstand yeah it. so seeking a professional's opinion is key because always. HIT has become very trendy but it's Absolutely. important that we keep low intensity in there yeah. Gary what's your personal favourite way to train? Uh, my personal favourite way to train is the easiest way possible. Ah. <laughs> I know, I know, it depends on the type of year. So I still play football and things. So probably my favourite way to train is like with a team, in a team scenario. But in I know that's not scenario. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I like having like teammates around me, a bit of a buzz and... I don't like to train on my own that much so having yeah. somebody to drive me it's more motivational it's more motivational that's me, interesting yeah. I've yeah. never had experience with team sports but maybe we'll get you on the show in the future Gary to talk about team yeah. sports someday maybe we'll get you on a team someday oh. we'll find a ladies football team or something around that'll be someday the yeah. day we see pigs fly huh? Yeah. so Gary where can people find you if they want to seek more advice or work with you well you can find me I work at Empower Fitness in Carlo um, you can find me on Instagram at uh, Nolan Physio and then you can find me by email at info at nolanphysio.com info at nolanphysio.com Gary, that was a great interview. Thank you so much for popping no on the podcast. Thanks very much. Helping you take control of your fitness, nutrition, and mindset. The KCLR Power Hour with Natalie Lennon. 
Now, welcome back, everybody. So earlier in the show, we talked about high-intensity interval training. And now I want to do a total 180 and talk about a very different form of exercise to hit, which has many additional and varying benefits in comparison. It's a habit that, honestly, I struggle to commit to. But I am joined on the line by a Carlo native to convince me otherwise. Nutritionist and yoga instructor Neve Orbinski is on the line. Hello, Neve. How are you? Hi, thanks so much for having me on. I'm thrilled to have you on. I know you're a very, very busy lady. So, Neve, mm-hmm. I'm going to dive straight into it and say, can you tell us a little bit first off about how you got into yoga? Oh, yeah. Um, to be honest, I was quite similar with my habits, but not just with yoga, with exercise in general, <laughs> about um, maybe about five years ago. And I felt like I was a perpetual dieter when it came to movement. So I would mm-hmm. try loads of different types of movement and nothing really ever sat with me. Like I never loved anything that I tried. And a friend actually dragged me along to a yoga class because I was a little bit cynical, I'd yeah. say. <laughs> um, and I just loved it from that first that first class. It was like I had explored and discovered something completely new. And I practiced like religiously once every week for about six months and then went on and did my yoga teacher training. So to be honest, it was probably love at first sight with me in yoga. Wow, I love that. And Eve, I'm so jealous of that because I know the first time I done yoga like that, like it, I had a profound experience. I really felt like I switched off. I went to a different place mentally than I had before, but I just didn't get hooked that same way. So we're hoping that you can convince us on the Power Hour here today to get hooked to yoga because I know it is just so beneficial in many different ways. Neve, I know you teach different types of yoga and we've spoken in the past about kind of, mm-hmm. I want to say it's it's yin yoga and some other mm-hmm, different variations. Yeah. Would you mind explaining those to us and how they vary? Yeah, and this is what I love about yoga because no matter your fitness level or no matter your goals or desires when it comes to movement, yoga really fits for everyone. Yeah. So firstly, as you mentioned, you have yin yoga and yin yoga is a really slow, gentle, passive sort of yoga practice. So in yin yoga, you hold postures for an extended period of time. You're usually lying on the mat the whole time. I call yin yoga a fluffy socks kind of practice. I love it. A fluffy <laughs> um, sock practice. <laughs> yes, you can do it in your fluffy socks and your pajamas. And really the goal of yin is loosening out super tight muscles that also lead to emotional release as well. So it's really good for mental health. And um, it's been shown to really help with things like depression and anxiety because of that reason, because, you know, psychologically stress holds itself in the body and in our muscles. Um, And then you have, there's loads of different styles of yoga, but then you have um, yoga practices like vinyasa, ashtanga. These practices are much more active in nature. So, your fitness level um, would need to be a little bit higher, I guess, to go into a vinyasa or an ashtanga practice. Um, I teach yin-yang a lot, and yin-yang is just my own little blend of yin and yang. So when I say yang, it's very active in its nature. So you would be, you know, sweating a little bit through a yang practice. Mm -hmm. And then the yin practice allows you to um, kind of slow down and and really release that tension that builds up in the muscles. 
So, you know, there's also a side of Hatha called Hatha Yoga, which yeah. if someone is getting into yoga for the very first time and they want to do something quite active, but they don't want to do something that will terrify them, Hatha is a really good place to start. Hatha, okay. That's, um, Neve, that's amazing. I actually had no idea there were so many different types. Yin being kind of the slowest and most gentle form, I'm guessing you might suggest is the best one to try if it's more about an emotional uh, release that you want from yoga would you say that's the case yeah I mean if if you really want to you're going to yoga for stress or for burnout yin is a really good place to start if you're going for um, or restorative yoga as well restorative yoga is completely chill so yin is challenging because, you know, we're holding deep stretches for time, anywhere from five to 10 minutes in yin. Mm-hmm. So that can be, if you think of a deep hamstring stretch for five minutes, you know, that can Impossible. be challenging. Impossible. Um, <laughs> whereas if you want something really relaxing, you might go with restorative. Whereas if you want something active, I would go with Hatha, vinyasa, um, probably hatha and vinyasa or yang practices. Whenever you see yeah. yang anywhere in the title, it's a good place to start. I think it's great that um, as a yoga instructor yourself, Neve, you combine the two because personally, I'm always go, go, go. My brain is always racing that for me to hold a pose for five minutes just sounds alien. I don't think my brain or body could do it. But the fact mm-hmm. that you can combine the more active styles and the slower one together, I definitely need to get back to another one of your classes because it's been years since I've done one so would you say your favorite type of yoga is is yin yang I guess oh that's a hard question (laughs) (laughs) um really oh it's probably a mix up between um yin yang and pure yin and I like to do a mix of both so I find that they give me different things so when it comes to what they give you, sorry, Neve, to cut, go over you, but would you mind maybe going into, say, the, the top four to five benefits that yoga provides you with or would provide everyone with? Yeah, so first off, I would say strength. Strength, okay. One. It gives you really good strength in um, kind of the big muscles in the body, really good core strength, really good lower body strength really good upper body strength really it's a full body practice when you're looking at yang Mm -hmm. practices or active practices um balance is another thing that comes up a lot especially as people begin to age and their balance starts to to decline a little yeah yeah yoga can be really good for that Um, yeah and i agree with you there even myself when i anytime i practice yoga it highlights how poor my balance sometimes is and is fantastic for helping me improve that yeah, and balance actually is, is a lot about the mind, psychologically. Yeah, concentration. So if man- yeah, if we can maintain what we call in yoga, dristi, which is a, a, an unmoving point that you focus on while in a balancing posture, it's physically challenging, but it can be psychologically challenging as well, and that's when we get that balance. I love that. I just love that yoga combines so much physically and psychologically because we don't give enough time to trying to focus on just one point or one thing or stilling our mind. And yoga does that while moving. Neve, does it matter how long you practice yoga for? Like sometimes I've gone to classes for an hour and I struggle. But would you say you still get the same benefits from doing maybe just five to ten minutes in the morning? I mean, everything counts. Absolutely. And as you mentioned, it can be really difficult if you're a really busy person, your mind is really busy. 
And, you know, usually I would suggest to go to more of an active class first because that will burn off that excess stress and that excess cortisol that will then pave the way for maybe a five-minute meditation at the end. So I think with any form of movement, everything counts. Love that. That's one to live by. Only five or ten minutes in the morning, you will get, absolutely you will get benefits from that. Brilliant. Neve. time is flying by chatting to you and I could talk about yoga for so much longer, but (laughs) just very quickly, if someone wants to begin their yoga journey and commit to it, would you suggest maybe starting by jumping onto a YouTube um, video perhaps or finding a local class? I know you're actually doing one locally yourself soon. Would I be right in saying that? Yeah, so um, I I think it really depends on, on what you feel comfortable with. If somebody is really nervous, um, yoga with Adrian is an amazing person to start with on YouTube. Yoga with really Adrian, like yeah, fifteen twenty minute videos, and then if you're interested in coming to a class, I teach in Carla Mandala Yoga Studio, and there's lots of different types of classes. So if you want to come to something really gentle, like a, a Yin class, um, there's options to do that. And if you want something a little bit more active, like my Yin Yang class. And those classes are on Fridays. So really there's tons of options. Brilliant. Um, whether that is YouTube or in at class, yeah. Neve, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show today and sharing your expertise. If people want to go and get in contact with you, where can they do so? So you'll find me at Nutrition with Neve on Instagram or at www.nutritionwithneve.com. Absolutely fantastic, Neve. We're going to let you go and hopefully talk to you very soon. Thank you for coming on. Thanks so much, Natalie. No problem. Now, everybody, we will be back after this break with a song as well from Harry Styles, so don't go anywhere. Holding me back Gravity's holding me back I want you to hold out the palm of your hand Why don't we leave it at that? To say, and everything gets in the way. Seems you cannot be replaced, and I'm the one who will stay.
Doctors' Misconceptions, the Power Hour One Minute Myth Bust. Now, our topic for this week's Myth Bust Eating fish may help migraines. True or false? This may be true. So a diet high in fish fats and lower in vegetable oils may help reduce the number and severity of migraines according to a new study from the National Institute of Health. Now this was an American study. If you just Google can eating fish help migraines you'll find all the details. But long story short, over the course of 16 weeks participants were with frequent migraines were assigned one of three different diets and at the end of the study period participants on a diet lower in linoleic acid which is that typically found in vegetable oils and higher in fatty fish like salmon and mackerel had 30 to 40 percent reductions in headache hours per day severe headache hours per day and the number of headache days per month so that for someone who suffers with migraines myself is life-changing and i will most definitely be bringing more fatty fish into my diet because this is a very very promising study so i leave that one with you and then we also got a text in from Maura who is asking she gets quite breathless when she goes up the stairs but she does walk and run a lot and what can she do for this so if you were listening to our interview with Gary earlier on we did say that if you do a lot of low intensity steady state exercise like walking or even running where your heart rate potentially isn't getting that high it is still a fantastic form of exercise but potentially not helping you improve your fitness levels so you may still get quite breathless going up the stairs because you're only training potentially in a way more that taps into your aerobic system and you want to tap into your anaerobic system so if you are able you know I don't know your age and abilities you want to do more high intensity interval training so maybe twice a week bring in a 15 minute high intensity interval session where you do 10 exercises you know or 15 exercises for 30 seconds on 30 seconds off and watch that your heart rate is going higher so above 70% of your max so you know if you're 30 years of age maybe try get your heart rate to go above Mm, 160 beats per minute if you're wearing a wearable so that's what I would say for you there more that might help you become less breathless now don't go anywhere guys we are back after this quick break the power hour fitness funny Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to The Power Hour on KCLR. Now, every week I tell you a funny fitness story. And this week, I thought I'd switch it up a little bit. Instead of telling you just one story, I'm going to tell you some some jokes. So we have our punchlines. Get ready for them. Get your pen and paper because these can be your jokes to share at the next family party. It can be your party trick next. So this first one, let me ask you. I have Ashing looking at me in studio here and I'm hoping she laughs at my jokes. So the first one. Why was the farmer kicked out at the gym and he guesses he was destroying his calves <laughs> we have we have Ashing laughing that's a good sign okay the next one what exercise do hairdressers do in the gym no no guesses they do curls <laughs> and then what is a banana's favourite gymnastic move you have to get this one the splits And then our fourth last one. Why do hamburgers go to the gym? Think about it. Hamburgers. To get better buns. (laughs) It really doesn't get any cringier than this, does it, guys? I'm cringing for myself right now. I'm not going to lie. Okay, and our very last one. Now, this is a good one. Are you ready? So, a man walks into a gym. He walks up and he approaches the receptionist and he says, excuse me, ma'am, 
what machine should I use to to impress the women? So she has a think and then she has a look around. She responds, she points outside the door and she says, the ATM machine, sir. <laughs> and there you have it. That's our fitness funny for this week, guys. I'm, I'm honestly cringing. I can't believe I just told you those jokes. But I hope you had a laugh, whether you're driving or you're sitting at home listening to us. So another piece of information that I wanted to share with you on the Power Hour here today was about Darkness Into Light, because it is an amazing event that's upcoming on the 7th of May. And if you want to register to get a free t-shirt as well, to be guaranteed getting the free t-shirt for Darkness Into Light, which of course raises money for Pieta House, the amazing charity that is. You need to register before April 28th. Now that's tomorrow. So if you want to register, pop on to darknessintolight.ie. It is such an incredible event to take part in. And if you're in Kilkenny or Carlow, the start time for all events taking place around the country will be 4.15. That is the start time for Kilkenny or Carlow. There's two locations in Kilkenny that will be doing Darkness Into Light this year. You have Inishtig, Cush Owen Community Centre, and then you also have Kilkenny City at St. James Stephen's Barracks. So they're the two locations in Kilkenny. And if you're in Carlow and you want to take part, the location again at 4.15 is St. Lawrence O'Toole Athletics Club. So make sure you pop on to darknessintolight.ie. It's also a charity and event very close to my heart to register tonight or first thing tomorrow if you want to guarantee t-shirt delivery um, to take part. Now, each week at the end of the hour I also go into giving you a cheer challenge a little activity that we want you to maybe take on board and try and do during the week that will improve your mood and last week on the power hour it was our inspirational special but we also spoke a lot about um, social connection I asked people to let me know what they found to be something that helped improve their mood when they're low so I asked you to organize a coffee or tea date and I hope you've done so this week your cheer challenge is and how could it not be after speaking to the amazing Niamh Orbinski to try and do some yoga. So whether that is looking up yoga with um, Adrienne, I think was the name she recommended on YouTube, or it's finding a local class, or it's just a five-minute random video that you find, try and do a little bit of yoga. Now, be careful. Make sure you don't have any injuries and that you're able. But there's also hundreds of chair yoga videos there. So let me know how you get on doing that. Hopefully it helps you maybe release some stress and tension as well as getting your body moving, building some strength, building some core strength. As Neve said, there's so many different types of yoga out there. So if you look up yin, it's slower. If you look up maybe yin yang or vinyasa, it's a bit faster. Guys, it's been a pleasure here with you on the Power Hour on KCLR today. I can't wait to be back with you next week at 6 p.m.